I went back to that hospital five times until they asked me never, ever to call them up again. Uh, morale problem for the other patients. And, the, uh, and I got uh, detoxed the sixth time in a psych hospital in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, and um, that was when my higher power began to draw me, I think, into recovery. And, you know, be careful when anyone tells what God's up to. <laughs> Uh, but I just want to say, I, I'm not telling you what God was up to. I'm just uh, giving a poor interpretation of the experience I had. You know, and The experience I had was, after I got through detox, I, um, I just knew, it's like a revelation came up within me, and it said, you're going to be drunk again pretty soon. Nothing you do, it doesn't matter what you, try hard, get drunk anyway. It doesn't matter what book you read, what prayer you pray, what resolution you make, what counselor you talk to, doesn't matter. You're a flake. Something's wrong with you. You're an alcoholic, but there's something else wrong with you. You do not have the capacity to care. Whatever, and think, whatever, in human beings, whatever human beings need in order to care, you, you're missing that thing. You, you just, you know, recovery becomes a little, a little boring, you know and uh, have a drink and so I just thought you know you are truly hopeless and uh, and I believe that was a gift that's a grace to me that's uh, a gift from God that I, I feel I was permitted to feel my powerlessness over alcohol I haven't had a drink since that day but I was sure I would snuck some pills and changed my sobriety date uh, another story but uh, and I went out of that detox um, over to into New Jersey, they sh I got to winter in Jersey, um, in a recovery house for peace alcoholics, and uh, uh, and they were so old. I, I was the youngest one by 16 years. I mean, they were old. They were as old as I am now. Uh, they had no uh, no business drinking. They should have quit years ago. Um, and I. Um, I was so sure that Alcoholics Anonymous would not work for me that I was relaxed at meetings. I was not on the edge of my chair, wondering, will this help? Uh, I went to meetings every day. You had to go to four a week or they, or they wouldn't feed you. Uh, and I went to more, I went to at least eight a week because I liked the guys who were nervous wrecks. You know, want to go to the place? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. The only place you can go to was a meeting. And uh, so I went to meetings every day and they... Um, uh, I had no idea that I was ready for something, you know, no idea. Uh, uh, did someone talk about a word that was not in their vocabulary? Uh, to identify, you know, more than compare, they said, identify, don't compare. And I, right now, that's, that's the, the slogan that's closest to my heart, most significant of my life as a recovering alcoholic. Uh, it's the greatest gift. It's one way I have an, uh, an angle of the great gift we receive. Um, but I started to identify with people. I didn't even know, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I didn't know I was listening. I didn't know I wasn't listening before. Uh, but somehow, you know, when the new pair of glasses, we can also say a new hearing aid or something, um, hearing aid or glasses, it's kind of the same thing. That things I heard that would just bounce off, you know, suddenly came in, and it was the uh, the combination the. Um, uh, 
somehow the I began to just hear and people would say things I think of a little old lady who was probably about my age uh, my age now uh, and she was had a twinkle in her eye and she had a thick accent a middle European accent had a long overcoat and her little curly gray hair and just so nice now then what what's she doing here you know uh, then her turn came in the participation, and I found out what she was doing there. Um, she was a true menace to the neighborhood, <laughs> you know, very sick algae. And, um, and as, as she was sharing, and I identified with her, her feelings, and this was, this was unlikely, and I caught her eye. And those moments, you ever catch someone's eye just after they tell the truth about their own disease and sobriety? The, the truth of our powerlessness and the truth of God's great work of drawing us into sobriety. And it's kind of said all at one simple thing. And uh, I caught her eye and, and she caught my eye and she knew I was new. And I was just happy. I was thrilled that she was sober and that it was working. And she was happy that I was there. And she knew that I was a, a far gone algae. Anybody who would tune into her right away had to be a bad algae, you know. Um, and it's those, those connections, those things of, um, of deep blessing. I don't know. I, I picture the whole program judging people. You know, we're worried about judgment. Uh, and I, I think we all have a negative judgment on ourselves as we get here. I judge myself as being basically no good, but at least that's better than you. <laughs> and, um, and I think our new life starts by, with a new judgment. And the new judgment isn't opposite to the other one. The, the other, the other one would be, oh, basically, you're just the best of all, and you're better than them. You know, they've got both sides of that. I'm no good, but I'm better than you. It's all comparing. And you come in here, and we're judged. There's a thing in Scripture about being judged under justification. We're judged. they got a committee to judge when you come in here. They all get together. Pronounce judgment. They say, we judge you Welcome. You're a child of God. You're just like us. Glad to see you. Uh, and then they have, that's like the other judgment had a little thing that I'm, at least I'm better than you. They say, oh, by the way, you've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> you're, um, the shape you're in, um, you're a truly a menace to yourself and others. And if, if you never come back, if you get drunk and never do any recovery, you're going to be judged welcome anyway. But the reason we suggest that you, that you follow the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous is that we've discovered that only people who take the steps can believe they're welcome. We're, we've been welcome for years. Welcome out of the womb. We're welcome in the universe. Uh, but it's a great grace to have it touch your heart and, and to know it. And once, once it touches and we give some answer, to, 
answer to the welcome and act like you're welcome, we come alive. Uh, and I think that's when the obsession begins to, to fade away. That's just the picture. And again, I'm not given some dun 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 the final truth. I'm, I'm given, I'm just took too many philosophy courses and I put things abstractly or something. Sorry. Um, but that's the start. You know, a connection of grace, of saying, uh, we're really glad to see you. And when there's that, that judgment of welcome, the thing about it is it's true, see? If they didn't say you're welcome that day, you'd be welcome. You were welcome before you came in the room. But if a welcome thing gets down and touches you very deeply, something comes alive, you know? Goes past all the disease and all down to the thing. And, um, and once it comes alive, the only way you know it's alive is when you, you immediately judge other people welcome. <laughs> uh, immediately have tolerance and welcome to somebody else. And then all the, all the step work to me simply invites me to take actions that place me in a place of sanity where I can hear the judgment of, of welcome. Um, and see the steps, I need steps because my imagination, my mindset is sick. And I'm, I'm just amazed at how it hangs in there. How the sick attitude I have of self-centered fear is fully intact and taking in new information uh, right now and delivering statements. Um, I'm, the steps invite me to do things I'd never think of doing. I would never think, I want to, my fear tells me, become excellent, then they can't get you. Become excellent and good and keep all your promises and be just fine. And, uh, and the steps say, no, we'd like you to first, you're, a big disappointment for you. You're welcome, but I, and, and we know that you've had in mind for a while, you'd like to get over all your troubles and, and, and you're going really to get in good shape and be the way your mother always wanted you to be. Well, that's not going to happen. We're going to hold your hand while you get used to the fact that you're a dingbat alky of the worst kind uh, and will never be any significantly better than this. In fact, you'll find that not only will you be any less alcoholic, the longer you're sober, the more alcoholic you become uh, and the more easy it is to identify. But it freaks you out at first, so we'll hold your hand while you get used to that. And you'll find out that it's just fine. It's nothing. You meet people faster. You have a fine, just fine. Nothing of significance for human beings is going to be denied you. Everything's open to you. You're going to have a great life. It's just that you're not going to get your way. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I've not adjusted to that yet. Uh, I have dreams of getting my way all the time. You know? I have fantasies, and I'm also I'm willing to be depressed that I don't get my way. And I'm willing to feel incompetent and, and um, disappointed in not getting my way. And then I'm distracted by the program again and invited to do sane things, listen to you, and I perk up um, because I start going sane again. If you hang around, if you don't have a drink a day at a time and, and do what's asking me to do, you go sane. It just happens. And then... It, if we have little 
a few moments off where people aren't really engaged in a sane and loving way, we can, you can always take a few minutes off to get into self-centered fear again and, uh, and feel depressed and like a failure. And, uh, uh, and to think that that's, that's real significant, you know. Uh, the message is that when we're taken out of a relationship, a positive relationship of being judged welcome, of course we're in bad shape. What do you think? Um, but uh, I keep coming back. Uh, this is the... And some people, I just want last, my last word. Because uh, I, I wore my little sign of being a clergy person here. Um, when I first went to meetings, people would stop me. And I had to wear, we had to wear the black suit in this, every single meeting we went to when I was in my recovery house. People would come up to me and say, um, Father, you know, uh, you're a priest and everything, and uh, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, the second step, the higher power, uh, why didn't you just, uh, you believe in God? Uh, um, Do you ever pray? Why didn't you just pray? Aren't you on good terms? And I get really upset when people said that, asked me that, because I didn't know what to say. It took me a long time to to get where I knew a lot about prayer, but I didn't know much about me. And I had to listen to you to find out that my prayers were very self-centered, very very immature. God, please help me stop drinking. I had secret clauses in my prayer. Help me stop drinking, and I'd say, and the way I'll know you're helping me is when I notice that I'm comfortable every minute. You know, that I'm, uh, God, please help me be a good priest. The way I'll know you're helping me is when I notice that I'm better than the other ones. And, uh, you know, that you can... While I'm drinking, I can sing "Thy will be done" in Latin, but I can't mean it, you know, in, in any language. Uh, and what is it? As the time has gone on, uh, I don't think there's anything lacking in my church that pertains to this. This we're all goofy. Uh, I got to just tell you this one. Uh, <laughs> My, my sponsor was an Irishman, my first sponsor. And he said, he often wondered, he says, as far as he knows, to be a member of the church, you've got to have two things, faith and you've got to be a sinner. If you're, not a, if you're not a sinner, you have no business getting into a church because that's an outfit that specializes in salvation. Nothing to be, and he says, I wonder why you fellows who make your living off it give the impression you don't qualify to be members. <laughs> um, and um, anyway, that's... The, um, but to, just to round out that point I was making, uh, you know, they say, well, why, why, if you were so in a religion, why did you need Alcoholics Anonymous? And, and it, in my experience, says I need Alcoholics Anonymous, the whole thing, fellowship and working steps a day at a time, to be in good enough shape to go to church. And I think if people have had a positive spiritual experience, they usually recover in the church and if you've had nothing but just a sign of God and just thank God you don't have to go to church um, but I um, that's the way I look at it it's uh, 
I'm not complaining that my church doesn't cure diabetes uh, or alcoholism, but Alcoholics Anonymous has a spiritual message that's one drunk talking to another that touches us. And once we are touched, we can hear things. You know, we've got a new pair of glasses. We can see. Thank you.